Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 2, Episode 61. Welcome to Season 2. We continue to bring you eye-opening solutions for common problems, and we're excited to bring you a new format in Season 2. We're going live. Join us on Thursdays to take it all in live. Need the link? Don't miss a thing. Subscribe at counterfeitsleep.com to get the info you need to stay ahead of the curve. For today's episode, one term comes to mind. Shell-shocked. Does that get at how you have felt at one point or another over the past couple of years? Or maybe shell-shocked is how you continue to feel? From pandemic living to war realities and all kinds of disruption in between, we've been dealing with one setback after another and an endless future of growing uncertainties. And uncertainty is famous for keeping leaders up at night. So we're bringing you a special guest to talk about how, in the face of uncertainty, you can make decisions that drive success. The short answer is this. Rely on your intuition. In the absence of historical data, intuition leads you to success if you know how to pay attention to it. So how do you do that? How do you use your intuition when there's so much noise, so much distraction? That's exactly what we get into today with our guest, Ron Carr. Ron is a best-selling author and has worked with leaders on six continents to eliminate risk, gain buy-in, and achieve better results faster with the Velocity Mindset. His presentations and advisory services have generated over a billion dollars in incremental revenues for his clients. Listen and learn who or what you must listen to in times of uncertainty, why being purpose-driven outperforms being task-driven, and the three things to do to succeed with your intuition. Let's listen now to Ron Carr. Hello, Ron, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Thank you, Tara. How are you today? 
I am wonderful. And I, and I so appreciate you coming on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast today. You know, our usual gem is to help people connect the dots between their obvious performance problems during the day and their not so obvious sleep performance problems at night. But nowadays, with so many people dealing with sleep problems, we just don't want anyone losing sleep. And so we invite experts like you, Ron, leaders to the leaders um, to help us help executives have success in these uncertain times. And you know, Ron, if it's not employee turnover that leaders are dealing with, it's supply chain issues, you name it, it's one setback after another. And Ron, I've had the pleasure of hearing you speak several times now, and I love what you speak about in terms of setbacks and the role that intuition plays. And so I'd like to ask you if you can tell us what you're seeing and hearing, uh, you know, in general, and then what your unique perspective and insights are. And then if we can kind of um, finish up with some takeaways for executive leaders, that would be absolutely fantastic. So can we start out with what you're seeing and hearing? Well, I I think people are a little bit shell-shocked, you know, from the pandemic. Um, we've all had the lockdowns. We had things happen that we never expected ever to happen. And it changed the whole course of how we look at things, how we think about things and how we do things. So I think that what people are thinking about right now, what's the next shoe that's going to drop? Mm. We got the war in the Ukraine. Who knows how that's going to go? And but I, I think there's good news out there because what the pandemic forced us to do, it forced us to get a real grip on what we really want to accomplish because people who, re- who had time to think and realize, what am I doing? It doesn't make sense. A lot of them made big decisions in their lives to do something different. Mm-hmm. So it helped us get grounded in what we really wanted to do. And it also gave us a bit of nimbility, being nimble, if you will, the ability to act on a dime, because we all know that we're not given a promise that everything's going to be the same today and tomorrow. So what can we do to pivot? We've all become champions at pivoting, if you yeah. will. So, so I think it's good news when people say, what's the new normal? You know, we don't hear that phrase anymore as much as we did, you know, a year ago. Yeah. Um, the new, there's always going to be a new normal because things are always changing. So the question is, are you adapting to be relevant? So I think the biggest issue for everybody else is how can we stay relevant in these times, meet the needs of our market, and also meet the needs that what we're facing, like you said, you know, the supply chain shortage, finding talent and so forth. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And, uh, and, and I like exactly how you're couching it and that, you know, if it's not the pandemic, it is then the war, it is, there's always some change to deal with. So adaptability really does make sense. So perfect. So then tell us a little bit of getting to this idea that, that um, we mentioned there about, you know, setbacks and intuition, because these changes can be setbacks for sure. So tell us what you mean by that. Well, when the pandemic started, the lockdown, like, you know, I'm a professional speaker, consultant, coach. So I, uh, uh, a lot of my revenue came from speaking at conferences and all of a sudden the business just dries up. You know, what do you do? Um, so a lot of my colleagues were just fighting for little crumbs, you know, in virtual presentations. I decided not to. I had my retainer clients locked up. Um, they were still doing business. And I decided then this is the perfect time to write the book, The Velocity Mindset. Mm. So I wrote it knowing that when it comes out in a year and a half, we'll be coming out of this pandemic and it'll be ready for launch. So I had the, the transcript handed into my publisher in September of 2020, I guess it was. And, uh, and I wrote a part about it about intuition. Now, 
Intuition is really important. Intuition is when we don't have historical data as to what works and what doesn't work, how do you move forward and make a decision? Because the mm -hmm. worst thing when you have to make a decision is making no decision at all. True, true. Sometimes right. it's even bad making a bad decision, learning from it and moving forward. At least yeah. you have movement. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, they call that analysis paralysis uh, in, in some circles, right? If you you get so hung up on trying to figure out what you should do and looking at everything, you end up paralyzed, you do nothing, and that is worse than even making yes. a bad decision. Yeah, totally yeah. on board with what you're saying there, yeah. Exactly. So, so sometimes we have to rely on our intuition. Now, what's intuition? Intuition is nothing more. I like to call it the subconscious, but other people have different ways of describing it. But basically, everything that is in you about what you want, your desires, your values, what you know works, doesn't work, what you want to do, what you don't want to do, where your passion is, where your not passion is. You have an intuition inside of you that if you would just listen to it, would tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. I had a mentor who, um, who once described it to me that if you really tap into your inner self and he taught me three things to do, listen to it, trust it, and act on it. Listen, trust, trust and act on it. It's what we wrote in the Velocity Mindset. So um, I handed in the manuscript, just wrote about intuition and uh, my intuition said to me this time, you better go to your uh, cardiologist because you just signed for a rental in Florida and you may not be going because of your heart murmur. I had a heart murmur all my life. It turned out to be my aorta valve and it kept getting tighter, tighter. And my intuition was saying, get it checked out before you go. Mm. And my immediate reaction was, nah, this, I'm going to be fine. Okay. And then I said, look, you better walk and talk. If you just wrote about it, you better <laughs> act point. on it. Yes, yes. So I went to the cardiologist and sure enough, he pulled a fire alarm. He said, this is too tight. You'll be dead in six months. You need oh. to get this thing replaced now. Mm. So, uh, you know, where would I be if I didn't listen to the intuition? But what was in the intuition? The intuition was every time I had my echo for the last three years, he kept saying it tighter, tighter, tighter. He kept saying that it's almost too tight. So I knew eventually at the pace it was going and the way it was going, it was going to be at that point. And then I also knew that I'd rather have the operation in New York than down here. Mm -hmm. And with people that I trust, because I have no relations with doctors down here. So all those things were like in your mind and mm -hmm. saying, okay, you better do something now, go check it out. Mm -hmm. And then boom, you got the news. Yeah. That's yeah. That, the and that actually, the fact that you say it was all in your mind, it goes with what you were saying before about, you know, some people call it intuition. You think of it as subconscious, right? Those things were there in your subconscious and, and you had to let them kind of come up. You know, it's interesting too, what you said before earlier about through the pandemic, people getting grounded and what is it that helps us really tune into our intuition or give us the time? It is when we get out of that busy mode and we do get grounded and we're able to kind of connect with that. So I think it's, it's interesting that the pandemic, which was a setback, allowed us to connect with our intuition if, if we took it to that level and then, you know, really uh, ended up being a positive thing for, for many people. But Tara, you said something very critical. You said getting grounded. The question is, what are people grounded in? Mm -hmm. Right. Like I talk about in the book, the velocity mindset, you have to be purpose driven, not task driven. Unfortunately, everybody's most people are task driven. Let's get to the to do list. Let's do all these things. We're so tired at the end of the day. But how many times do we sit back and say, 
but what did I really accomplish? Mm. And, and what the pandemic showed us is that a lot of us are just on this rabbit wheel, the, you know, the spinning, spinning, spinning. And at the end of the day, we're not really going to what we want. And so I think what the pandemic really helped us get grounded on, what is our purpose? You know, at the end of the year, what do you want to achieve? At the end of uh, uh, 10 years, what is it? In your lifetime, what is it you want to achieve? Oh, yeah. I know that, you know, um, when I was president of NSA, National Speakers Association, and I got done in 2014, I had nine surgeries in the next three years, wow. mostly on my back. And so half my back is fused. And I remember going through that period and saying, okay, you know, look at your successes, you know, because I was at that time 57 and I had some great successes. But then I looked at the things that I didn't get to and I asked myself why. And it was simple. It was my fears. It was my stories that I was talking about um, that was preventing me from moving forward. So I developed a new passion for any leader. And I think we're all leaders, by the way. But I think that for any leader, my passion is for everybody to really be focused, driven on that direction, not on the task. Velocity, Tara, when you hear the word velocity, what's the first word that comes to your mind? Speed. And usually that's all they think about. But Tara, if that's the only word we have when we think of velocity, we get burnout. Yeah. Because it's speed doing everything, most of which doesn't even get us to where we want. Right. The true definition of velocity is speed with direction. Oh, is it really? Interesting. Speed plus direction. And it's the direction that is the most critical part. I define direction as to where you want to go. An analysis, an, an example. You go to Newark Airport to go to Fort Lauderdale and you ask the pilot where we're going and they say, wherever the winds take us. <laughs> would you stay on that plane? Right, right. And you wouldn't. But no. how does a pilot figure how to go? They start with the end in sight first. Mm-hmm. They start with Fort Lauderdale. They work their way backwards. They figure out three or four waypoints knowing that if they pass over those areas, they're on their way. Then they take into account all the potential obstacles, winds, storms, et cetera. And they come up with a flight plan that gets them there the safest and fastest way possible. Mm. We need to start with the end in sight first. We need to figure out what are we trying to achieve? So I can give you a business example about this. Sure. Um, A client of mine that I spoke for, um, multinational chemical manufacturer, uh, that particular division created a reagent that cut in half the cost of mining copper. In the 1980s, took them 20 years to come out with it. And when they came out with it in the 1980s, it was perfect because a lot of copper mines are going bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So they saved a lot of these mines. So you come out with something really great. What does your competition do? They re-engineer it because they want to get in on the money. Right. Their product is not as good as yours. So how do they compete? Price. So in that client's industry, the way that their customers bought was always a bid for lowest price every three years. Mm. Now they bring me in after they hear me speak and they say, can you get us ready? We are dealing with our biggest customer happens to be the biggest mining company in the world for copper, all right? They tell us that we're number three in in quality, which was BS, but they wanted to get ready for the bid. So they brought me out and I asked the executives this one question. I said, what do you want for my intervention? And they said, we want to win the bid. And I said, gentlemen, that was not the question. 
you're answering that question from what you've seen in the past, what you think is true and what you know to be true. Mm -hmm. That's not how you create new roads. And so what were you encouraging them to do to really look beyond the, the initial, you know, what stepping stone really, and, and get to the destination get to their heart. Mm. I want you to take out a clean piece of paper. We talk about the clean piece of paper in the book, take out a clean piece of paper. And I want your passion to come out. Mm. If you can create your own destiny, what does it look like? Do not be inhibited by the past. I mean, do you think that when Kennedy said to go to the moon and NASA scientists did it and they kept going by the past and we can't because we can't go up that high, whatever, we'd ever get there. You think Elon Musk would have invented the electric car if he took all the limitations of the past? Of course not. So they sat there and they said, okay, we want to, we don't want to bid. I said, what do you want? Negotiated agreement. You know, we started this industry, we saved them. I said, great. You have 25% of the demand. How much do you want? 75%. How long? They usually buy every three years, 10 years. So I repeated what they said. And I said, look, you know, you, you want a contract for 10 years, negotiated, not bid, 75%, and, um, and it's for 10 years. And they said, yes. And then I said, you could really do this if you really want to, but here's the kick. Are you ready? Takes a different set of actions to get that end result than it does to win a bid. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important to be grounded in what you want. Yeah. And to let your passion come out and to let you figure out what is it that you really want to create. Now, the next step they said was, well, how do we do that? A high performance workforce starts with high performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the sleep performance assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H. I-P-E-R sleep.com. Right. <laughs> and my answer, Tara, I'll never forget this. I had no clue. I said, <laughs> and they go, what? <laughs> and I go, listen, I know in my heart of hearts after listening to you that you're not even, gonna, you're not even doing 10% of what I am. Now, can I guarantee you're going to get that? No, but I think we can get you pretty close there. Because mm. you're not even having the kind of conversation that you should be having. Mm. But the point so, that so I, let me just interject for a second. So really, what you're doing is is bringing bringing people up to a whole new level of thinking. And and I agree with you that even if you don't know the exact steps, just being at that other level tunes you into different things, brings new things to you. That all of a sudden, what seemed completely unfeasible is now. You know, yeah, pretty doable. One of my co- colleagues was selling five-figure contracts, and I spoke to her one day, and I said, "This is easily a six-figure contract." She goes, "No way that they'll do it." And I helped, and now she has four of those big contracts. Oh the, wow! The first one was doubled, and I asked her, "If you look at what I do, you know, what what word would you use for my value?" She goes, "You helped me level up." Ah, oh, interesting. So leveling up is what you're talking about. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. We have to level up. But the other thing that's really important here is that people as leaders, they think they have to have all the answers up front. You don't have to, and it's impossible to have it. So why, and then if you don't have it, then you move away saying it won't work. That's not true. You have to have up front where you want to go. You have to believe in it. You have the passion. And then your job is to ask the right questions to help figure it out, get the answers so that you can execute. 
I agree. I agree. And, and it, I mean, that almost speaks to the whole um, agile planning that is, has moved, you know, into more mainstream, right? You, you don't know all of the answers. So that's why you're meeting, you're adapting. You, it's really, you're, you're allowing the process to be, uh, to come along with you rather than right. feeling, you know, thwarted right at right. the beginning when you don't know exactly, but you're right. It's that vision. It's that belief. Um, and then, you know, knowing that, that, that ultimate direction that you want to go, that gets you to where you want to be. That, uh, that client I just shared with you, yeah. the result, 18 months later, they closed a 10 year, $200 million deal. Oh my God. They changed the way that the, that industry buys. Beautiful. How powerful is that? That is incredibly powerful. I love it. I love it. And I think if we think about uh, how, you know, the, the setback idea that we started talking about, yes, we have all these setbacks. And when you're feeling like you're in a setback, you don't know where you're supposed to go. But I think it speaks to hanging on to, you know, defining and hanging on to your vision through it all, because you will get to that next level if you do that. Here's one thing we can all guarantee on. Yeah. It comes from an old Yiddish proverb, you know, man plans and God laughs. Okay. Right. We're going to have the best laid plans. The one thing you can guarantee in any plan, S blank is going to happen. Yes. yes. Factor it into your plan. True. Yeah. And don't be startled. Be driven by what you want to accomplish. As long as you have that in mind and it's driving you, you will make the right directions. You got to learn to trust yourself, the right decisions, and you have to learn to trust yourself. I learned that in sales. When I started sales, every time a company gave me a quota, you know, let's say a million dollars at that time, I always increased it by 25% because mm -hmm. I knew something was going to get in my way. So if you're shooting for a million and it's not good enough to take into account the, the winds of opposition, you're going to come under. But if you want to guarantee yourself a million, you shoot for 1.25, you'll be at that million. Yes, at least. Yes. Good. You had good intuition on that too, Ron. Perfect. All right. Well, wonderful. I love, I love everything you've brought to the discussion here and I appreciate it. So let me ask you the two questions that I like to ask guests as we finish up. The first one is, um, given everything you know, everything you've experienced, what would you put on a billboard that you think would be important for leaders now as they're dealing with these setbacks? Velocity, not equal, not equal sign. You know, the equal yeah, sign yeah. with a line through it. Velocity does not equal speed. Velocity equals speed plus direction. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. I think that uh, the use of the symbols, I think it'll get the message across perfectly. And I think it's such an important message to get across. Excellent. And then Ron, the last question is simply, how would people connect with you? So if they go to velocitymindset.com, that's velocitymindset.com. Um, we'll be asking for the email address. That's all we want. It's just so we can keep you in the conversation velocity every Friday with our Friday morning videos. But you also have the opportunity then to take a free leadership assessment right on that page. Mm. Um, five questions to gauge yourself in the five most important areas of leadership. You score it, but more importantly, you're getting right then and there tips and best practices on how to move forward in every area. Beautiful. And Ron, like I said earlier on, I've heard you speak now. And I know that if you're saying best practices coming from you, they truly are best practices. So thank you again, Ron, for coming on to talk to us today. I truly appreciate your help. Thank you so much, Tara.
An extra special note of thanks to Ron for speaking so candidly about using his intuition to get the procedure he needed to keep his heart running. It may seem like heart disease wouldn't necessarily come up in a conversation about counterfeit sleep, but the truth of the matter is counterfeit sleep is a huge driver of preventable heart disease. We discussed this in episode 55, the heart disease controversy for Heart Health Month. So go ahead and listen to episode 55 to really make that connection between preventable heart disease and counterfeit sleep. After you've listened to the episode, share it with someone you love. If we can prevent heart disease, we can keep those people in our lives as long as we possibly can. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question, Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.